Hi everyone, welcome to episode 65 of the Your Say podcast. Wow, today is a really, really interesting discussion. It's a solo episode and we are talking about surrender. Surrender, surrender, surrender. Relinquish control. We are going to talk about embracing uncertainty, letting go of your fucking past regrets, let go of that shit releasing expectation oh my god I could talk about this topic forever and then we come back to trusting the process trusting the process getting in flow I am a massive big fucking permission slip to you this week I believe you are going to definitely learn something out of this lesson hold on share with your friends like this one and by all means slide into my direct messages because i am here for these discussions and if you want any more information on getting in my energy and space and how we can work on things like this again jump on my website and slide into my dms enjoy the episode so the first part around surrender that i want to speak to is about embracing uncertainty because when we truly surrender to something, we give up the control, right? We kind of go, I am just going to embrace the fact that I have no control and I'm completely uncertain about what's going to happen. And I've just been doing a bit of reflection for me personally around when is a time in my life where I feel like I did that. And my earliest, my earliest memory of truly embracing uncertainty was probably not till I was the age of about 24 and I'd had all the boyfriend relationships I've shared on here before and I was in an in-between boyfriend stage and I decided to go overseas. And in that moment, I took myself to London as so many Aussies do and found myself working in a pub, had friends of friends there and set myself up to do the London thing. And it definitely wasn't for me. I've never been a massive drinker or partier for that matter. I always give it a red hot go, but it's really not inherently who I am. And I can remember not liking the London life. And I can just remember thinking, well, this is not what I came for. Like, this is not who I am. And even at 24, I had already had a very successful career in Bunnings. So I was already well on that way of, you know, having my self-worth validated by money, relationships and all of the things that had made me who I was. And yet here I was in this foreign town, not around my close friends, like I wasn't living with them. It was almost like I was I had a hookup with a friend of a friend and so it wasn't exactly a stable situation. And I had no fucking idea what I was going to do. And I can remember thinking – get a job, got a job at a pub, was doing that, was staying on a floor in a friend's house. Like I already owned my first home, right? So to go from owning my first home to then renting with a friend to then moving to London to living on a floor of someone's room, you know, like wasn't, it didn't feel uh, right for me, didn't feel right. And so I can remember thinking, I have to embrace this. Like what am I going to do? And so I found a company that, you could work for and they would post you abroad, right? So you could get put on cruise ships or snow resorts or something like that. So I registered with this company and I literally went, I am just going to go with the fucking flow of life and wherever they tell me to go is where I'm going to land. And this is my first earliest memory of me actually embracing the uncertainty of life. And so I reckon I'm 24, right? I don't remember ever doing it before that. 
I think before that I was still fixated on relationships and love and control and and having my self-worth built by what they say or do or feel about me. And so that was kind of my truth, you know. And so I remember getting a job and the company's like, yep, great, we love you, this is amazing, we're going to post you at a ski resort. I loved snowboarding. I went fantastic, fantastic. And I can remember this very moment for those of you that have been to Victoria Station in London. I remember standing there and they've got all the the board up there that tells you when the trains and when everything's going and there's buses there as well. And I can remember standing there with my, of course I bought a snowboard, snowboard, backpack, front pack, and I think I had snowboarding boots in my hands. So I had, like I was literally like a fucking turtle. I could fall on my front, fall on my back. I had a friend come and say goodbye to me. She left. Her name was Rebecca. Um, I can still remember the card she gave me. It had Wonder Woman on the front of it. And as she left, this is before the times of smartphones remembering, and there was only just just internet cafes, right? So I remember standing there with all my stuff, looking up at this big board and thinking, no one in the world knows where I am right now. No one. No one knows where I am. My family don't know what I'm about to do. I don't even know where I'm about to go on this bus. And fuck, it was invigorating. It's one of those like, you know, those seven moments in your life where it was an altering moment and it's carved in my brain. And I do, I remember it so fucking clearly. And so I got on the bus and I met this beautiful woman called Laura. And as it would be, her and I would become friends. We would end up being appointed in the same ski resort. The ski resort was called La Clusa. It was in France. And off we went. We met some amazing people on that bus ride. From memory, I think I popped an ecstasy tablet. (laughs) One of the guys was like, do you want this? And I can remember going, fuck, okay, yeah. And we sat up the front of the bus and it was a double-decker bus. And it was like this 360-degree view. It was all glass at the top. And popped a pinger, which was um, something I was doing at that point. And it was phenomenal. So we arrive in this very small town called La Clusa and I go to do all the things that I did. But I can remember in that moment standing there, taking a breath and feeling like I was in a movie, like the world was happening around me, right? That was the first moment that I can remember embracing the uncertainty of my life and truly leaning in and letting go of the control. And it was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience to have. Fast forward that experience and about four weeks later, I broke my back (laughs) on those same snow ski resort and ended up in hospital in Switzerland and had crushed two, two and a half vertebrae, three vertebrae, I think, in my back and ended up flying home. And insert memorable moment number two of embracing uncertainty. I'm laying in a bed. No one speaks English. I have got Australian nurses from Australia. Australian nurses flying over to get me, all covered by travel insurance. Make sure you get travel insurance. And I remember laying there just thinking, what the fuck now, Nikki? Like, what the fuck? And like everything in my life, I learn everything, not once, not twice, not two, not three. Sometimes, you know, we're still counting on some of the lessons. But I remember laying in that hospital bed thinking, wow, 
what the fuck's going to happen now, right? And it was two very memorable moments within the space of each other. And I can remember this one particular time I was writing in my journal and I was like I had a catheter and couldn't go to the bathroom. So I was completely um, paralysed. And I remember looking out the window, the hospital bed window, and there were the biggest snowflakes I've ever seen. In fact, I can remember thinking that's the that's the size of an A4 piece of paper and they were just falling, like they were so beautifully falling. I've still got this journal entry. I've kept this one journal. And I remember just thinking, wow, isn't the world so much bigger than what's been going on in my fucking little head? And so that was moment number two for me, embracing uncertainty. And then look, fast forward my life, I won't go through all that, but I can remember, you know, probably most recently doing that, needing to lean in and embrace the uncertainty. I quit my job nearly two years ago now and went full-time in my business and it's been phenomenal, but there's uncertain moments, right? When you work for yourself as a sole trader, you don't know when the next paycheck's coming. You don't know what that looks like. I've had to surrender to the uncertainty of being alone and what that looks like. I've had to surrender to not having control over my new home being built. The lesson of surrender has been one that's been really prevalent in my life of recent times. And what I can say for me and for you listeners that are listening out there is that when you finally relinquish control, of the things you can't control and I talk about this all the time with my one-on-one clients the only thing you can control is you and the only moment you have control is this very single second as I say the word second no control over the future and certainly no control over the past but I think for me it's the letting go of that control and it's knowing that deep inside you have a core belief system that you will be okay and that no matter what life throws you, you'll be okay. And look, I think I've always felt really powerful in this space, predominantly because as a young child, I was kind of taught that, right? I, I grew up in an environment where I had to be in control and I became very resilient. I didn't grow up feeling overly loved or mollycoddled. And so the subsequent result of that was this, you know, very headstrong woman. But with that has come all the downfalls, right? The inability to be truly who we are because we're so busy being everyone, we're so busy being what we think everyone else wants. And I'm sure there are people out there listening to this that can relate to that. And that's a really fucking hard position to be in. And upon reflection in all of my relationships, I've been in that space, every single one of them. Um, Particularly around love, this is still a lesson for me, still a really big lesson for me. But I have let go of control of the things that I cannot control. I don't attempt to control other people, situations. I lean into the discomfort and it passes really quickly. And that's the freeing part about surrendering is when you learn how to do it, you can literally, I'm wriggling now with my eyes closed, but you can wriggle into it and kind of go, okay, you know, you can call it mindset, you can call it, you know, you can call it whatever you want, but ultimately surrendering control and just being in that present moment is one of the most invigorating things that you can do. It's one of the most powerful things you can do. 
And it's something I do every single day. And when I'm faced with one of those situations where it normally would have got a fight or flight response, now I'm like, hmm, okay, whatevs. I surrender to traffic. I surrender to aggressive people. I surrender to so many things that used to get under my goat. And there's just so much power in it. So you're listening to this, you're going, wow, what I'd love you to do is reflect on when have you embraced uncertainty in your life? Think about a moment in your life where you've embraced uncertainty and you've just gone with it, right? And I'm pretty sure you look back at that now and go, wow, I wouldn't have got this if I hadn't have done that. This wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have jumped, you know, all of those things. And so allow that to be the piece of information that gives you the courage to sit in the uncertainty. Right now, I challenge you to sit in the uncertainty, just surrender to what's going on around you. All right, next up, I want to talk now about letting go of past regrets. You know, there's that popular question, what have you ever regretted? Do you live with regrets? Do you live with regrets? But let's actually really fucking talk about this. What does regret mean? Regret means that we've done something and then we are still beating ourselves up over it. So we deeply probably have a bit of trauma attached to it. We probably beat ourselves up over it. We probably have some negative speak around it. And we all know, we are all smart enough to know, I know that all my listeners out there already know this, this is not healthy, guys. This is not healthy. Living with regret is not healthy. It will fester, it will eat at you, and it will cause all sorts of other effects, right? You'll be off going, what's wrong with me? I need a blood test. I've got this. Is it this? Is it that? Is it that? When in actual fact, what's going on in self? What are we sitting with? Are we sitting with regret? So number two around surrender is you have to let grow, let go of your past regrets. So the only regret that I ever can remember consciously having, this is not something I live with, but God, I know a lot of clients do. A lot of my clients and friends and family members, I know they live with a lot of regret. I remember when my son, my eldest son, Dakota, he's now 18, but I remember when he was, I don't know, one or two, I had gone back to work when he was only eight weeks old, I think. So he was really young, right? He was a baby. I was 27, didn't have a support network, great baby borderline, I was bored at home. <laughs> and so I went back to work and I remember kind of looking at him by this time he got to two or three. And at that mo- in, that, in those moments, I had a divorce, came out as gay. So it was a pretty big fucking moment, right? But I can remember looking at him thinking, wow, I forgot all that. I didn't get any of that. You know, I'd pick him up from daycare and they'd go, oh, today he did this. And at the time I was so obsessed with myself and work and money and, you know, in reality I can see now through the lens of this wisdom that I have. But I look back now at that girl and she was so damaged and so unloved and just searching, searching the world for herself. And at the time I remember really regretting it. I regretted that I'd missed that first year. I felt like I'd put my work before my son. Of course, I still cared for him. I still loved him. And I didn't necessarily regret it because I felt like he'd missed out. I regretted it because I felt like I'd shortchanged myself. So that was probably the biggest regret and only regret that I can remember. 
And so then when I had my second son, I we kept him out of childcare for the first 12 months. And then I remember again when he was about three, I remember the same niggling feeling came back up, right, because we just suppress it. We didn't heal. We didn't feel it. I didn't heal it. And then up it came again. And I remember negotiating literally with my partner saying, I want a year off with him. You know, this time is precious. I don't want to live, look back and live with regret. And so I did. I took that 12 months off with my second son. Lo and behold, my life should fall away, fall, fall apart that year. And it ended up not being a year about him. But again, it was a year that I was then available for myself to put myself back, back together. But when I think about those past regrets in my life, they're the only two I have or the only one I have. And I combated it by trying to then correct the behavior. And I look back now and I don't have any, um, I don't look back at it as being a mistake. I look back and think, you know, I can look back and feel compassion towards me and can feel like you poor thing, like you just, you were so desperate to be loved by your then partner. He wanted money. You thought he'd love you more if you made more money. Like the, the stories I told myself at the time, and I feel sorry for that girl. You know, I look back at that Nikki and think, wow, you poor thing. And that's really sad. And I know for those that are listening to this podcast now would be going, wow, I've got heaps of fucking regret. You know, I regret doing this. I regret doing that. And I challenge you to say to yourself, it's okay. We can let go of it. It's time to let go of regretting that. It's done. It's in the past. And come from a space of compassion for yourself. Come from a space where you go, I never did that. And you might have hurt someone. You know, I've definitely acted in ways where I've hurt someone. And I don't regret those situations because at the time I didn't have the knowledge to do better. Um, one of the things when I left Dakota's dad, I never told him I was gay. I, you know, we were in a very loveless relationship and certainly physically sexless. And so I blamed my leaving on our lack of love and intimacy. And that was true, right? But I left out a very big portion of the fact that I was in love with a woman. And I look back now and think, wow, do I regret it? And I think I, I don't regret it. I just wished I had more courage to have stood up and been truthful because now at the ripe age of 47, I am able to have those really difficult conversations, both in relationships, friendships, you know, I can surrender and say, hey, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. That was fucked up. But that was all I was capable of at the time. And in reality, that's how we live, right? And so what I would love from you to take away from this section is if you've got past regrets, let's fucking let them go, right? This is your permission slip to lean in and let go of those past regrets. Forgive yourself. They were a mistake. You did the best that you did. You did the best that you could. You might have resentment against your parents or, you know, all these things. And there is so, so much power in surrendering. And this is why this podcast felt so close to my heart because I feel like I talk about this a lot with my clients and this is why I wanted to bring it into the flashlight today. So let go of past regrets, look at them, feel into them and look at yourself with compassion and go, fuck, you know, wasn't I fucking right off that year? You know, I look back at that first year after my divorce, I dated before I should have, I drank before I should have, 
God, I acted like a dick. I said things I shouldn't have. I was trying to crowd please for valid. I just, it's, it's yucky. It's icky and it's yucky. But I forgive myself, you know. I just lost the love of my life and I was fucking hurting and I was painful. So let's let go. Permission slip granted for everyone to think into, the, think into themselves now and go, right, you know what? Fuck Nikki, thank you. I am going to let that go because I guarantee you 150% you're going to feel a whole lot fucking lighter. Oh my God, this next, isn't this a juicy podcast? This next one for me, when I was writing down my notes and getting ready for this episode, I was going to do a whole episode on releasing expectations, but I decided when I looked at it and delved into the common themes that I'm seeing in the coaching world and certainly in my own practice is that it all comes under this umbrella of surrender. But let's talk about releasing expectation. Expectation, expectation, expectation. Oh my God. Everyone at some point does this and whether we do it in our subconscious, we probably do it in our subconscious mind. We send a text message. We don't respond. We do respond. We think when we get somewhere, we're going to get a certain level of welcome. We think someone's going to tell us how we look a certain way. Oh my God. There is so much expectation that we place on situations that we have zero control over. Remembering the biggest takeaway of today's episode is you do not have control over anything but yourself. You can only control your own thoughts and feelings and reactions. Yet why do we think we're so powerful? Why do we think that we can go, oh, yeah, but I thought, I thought you would have done, I thought that once we got here, we would have done, you are setting yourself up for the biggest fucking fall. Oh God, I've done this my whole life, guys. I have placed so much expectation and a lot of my healing around this has come from mirror work, from healing, microdosing, going and learning meditation, sitting with self. But I see now that expectation has been my enemy. I have put so much expectation on people and therefore if they don't play the role in the movie I've hired them for to the T, of course I'm going to be left feeling shortchanged. I'm going to be left feeling, well, that didn't work. Why didn't that happen? You know, and it's just, it's so obvious. If this is, if this is sounding so obvious to you right now, good, right? Because something happens in the mindset. Something happens in the mindset and I don't know if it's age or wisdom or exposure or repetition. I don't know what the fuck it is, but I know I see it in my clients and I've seen it in myself. Something clicks and you just go, wow, I get to stop that. I have the power to stop that. I can wake up tomorrow and realize that nothing's changed in my world, but I get to adjust my expectation of the day. I get to adjust and relinquish control over what others are going to do and say. And then I just get to be in the present moment. And this is where you smell the fucking roses. This is where you notice the color of the trees. This is where you say hello with sincerity to people. This is where you make long lasting fucking connections. Because what if the world blew up tomorrow, right? If the world blew up tomorrow and you've been running expectations, movies, living in the future, waiting for that right moment, well, guess what? 
It's all been a waste of fucking time and energy. And this is why I preach all the time that we have to try and live in that current moment. Some people in my space have such rigid expectation, like to the point where, well, I'm going to call them and then they'll do this, they'll do this, they'll do Like they literally write a playbook out, right? Particularly around relationships, text messaging, text messaging is somewhere, oh, I think he'll do this. So I'll say that. So then he'll think this, like, come on guys, what the fuck? You, we're no one's that powerful. No one, that power doesn't exist. It doesn't exist in the world. Like the world is so much greater than our little mindsets, right? And so you have to let go of rigid expectations because all you're doing is setting yourself up for failure. When you think about it practically from a black and white perspective, it's really fucking dumb, right? It's really, really fucking dumb. Okay, but I want to say this. I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy. Here's a truth bomb. For 10 years of my relationship with my ex, I would send little love notes, poems, pictures, memes, you know, and I convinced myself that I was so romantic and I loved doing it. I never expected anything back. I knew she wasn't a texter. I knew she wasn't a texter. I just did it because that's who I was. Fuck off, Nikki. Meh, 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 meh. Not until my relationship ended did I realize that Every single one of those text messages was loaded. Of course I wanted a response. I knew I wasn't going to get one, but that just gave me ammo to be like, well, I do all this and you don't do this, right? Why was I sending those messages? Because I wasn't feeling loved and I wasn't feeling validated and I wasn't feeling secure and safe in myself. So what was I doing? I was giving, I was outsourcing it. I was like, help me, help me. You do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. And I was wrapping it in a big po- in a big bow and calling it romance. Nope, nothing romantic about any of that, right? I look back now and think, fuck, that would have been a lot. Like that was a lot. It's like love bombing someone. And I can see that now for what it is. And a lot of people don't have that ability. They really don't. So The takeaway about releasing expectation is fucking let go of it, guys. Let go of expectation. Having an attachment to a specific outcome is just fucking stressful. So if you want to reduce your stress and your anxiety, let it go, right? So just get into a space where, well, what will happen will happen, right? I have recently been dealing with some corporate environments in an interview type scenario and I'm researching, I'm going in prepared, I'm looking good, I'm doing my pitches and I'm doing the best I can. Now, old Nikki would have then gone, oh my gosh, I've done that and I would have just had this whole narrative for days and days after it. Now, I walk out and go, fucking let's celebrate. I couldn't have done any better. I couldn't have felt any more comfortable. I couldn't own my content. I couldn't have researched the brand. I felt fantastic. If they don't think this is right for them, then it really genuinely wasn't meant to be. And so all of a sudden, the power comes back to you, right? See how it all comes back to that same thing? I can guarantee you my stress levels at the moment and my anxiety are at an all-time low. And I think the biggest thing why I'm sharing this with you The biggest thing that's changed for me in the last seven or eight weeks is I've surrendered. 
I've completely surrendered to everything, everything, monetary, relationship, getting, you know, worried about when my home's going to be ready and all those types of things. I've literally released the expectation because the truth is whatever happens, I'll work it out. Of course I'll work it out. I always work it out, right? So let's not run all the stories. Let's not fucking, let's not recruit people for movie roles that they don't even know that they're applying for. It's just absolute insanity. It really is insanity. So we're doing it, right? We're talking about surrender. We've embraced the uncertainty. We've let go of past regrets so we're not stuck in the past. We're releasing expectations so we're stopping trying to write the future playbook. Full disclaimer, that doesn't mean you don't have goals, right? That doesn't mean you just fucking sit here and, you know, manifest this fucking life that's never going to happen. It doesn't mean that, right? But we release the specific rigid expectations that we put on ourselves. We let go of the past regret. We let go of that suppressed uh, narrative that we've been telling ourselves and beating ourselves up over. We embrace the fact that we just don't fucking know, right? What's missing? There is one really important element that's now missing and it's trust. Because once we do all these other things, then we have to sit in the now moment And now if we do all those things, but we're sitting in it, if we don't trust the fucking process, we'll still have the anxiety and stress around it, right? We'll still be sitting in this level of uncertainty. Trusting the process, enjoying the journey, however you want to wrap this up, however this flows for you, being in flow, being in a flow state of mind. There are so many, you know, buzz ways to say this, but the underlying one thing that they all have is trust. There is just this level of trust. Even if it's a shit outcome, you trust that it's got to happen. That's part of the fucking story. That is part of your story. So I have learned to do this. This for me has been a very spiritual practice. It's been um, built upon me doing consistently showing up for myself and achieving my non-negotiables. My non-negotiables are the things that I do every day to continue to have trust within myself. For me, it's around your ritual. Uh, You can download it for free on my website. It's just a 15-minute practice that I do every day. It involves journaling, visualization, and breath work. If I do that, I build trust with self. If I build trust with self, I feel good. If I feel good, I'm able to sit in flow. I'm able to trust the process. I'm able to know that I've done my best and I trust the process. And what that does is it makes the fucking day-to-day really fun. Now, I had a really shitty day yesterday. Why, when I look back at it, I lost trust right? I lost trust and I became agitated and frustrated about two situations that I had no control over. Oh, why haven't they done this? That's annoying. No, no, no. I don't know why they haven't done it. You don't have control over that, Nikki. Not yours, not yours. Remember the not yours theory. If you don't know the not yours theory, go back about five episodes and listen to that one. Trusting the process of life is an is a essential ingredient in order to surrender. So if you want to surrender and if you want to fucking literally go with the flow, 
You have to trust the process. I was giving an example to a client yesterday. I was having a a deep dive one-on-one with her on Zoom and we were talking about noise in the car and, you know, turning the radio off and all these types of things. And I said to her, open the window, open the car window and put your arm on it and just look outside the window when you're at the lights, like actually do that. And she was like, wow, I've never done that. I said, no, but guess what? Lots of men do. Like you see men at the traffic lights with their arm out, looking at you, looking at the world go by. And us women are in our cars going, what are they looking at? Guess what? They're just in the fucking current moment, right? They're just in the space, checking out your car, checking out you, checking out the birds, checking out whatever the fuck they're checking out but they're in the current moment they've just surrendered to the fact that they've got a traffic light and you see it you can see it in people's faces then you have the other ones that are busy on the phone and they're ah, nah, 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 in the car and then you got other ones that are listening to a podcast because they're going to educate i'm in the car I don't want to waste of time but just be in the car just be in the car surrender trust the process enjoy the drive i've recently been driving down to byron bay regularly and I get in the car and I'm like, right, I'm in my lounge room. There's my drink. There's my little snacks that I'm going to have. It's not even an hour each way. So it's really not a far drive. And I get on that highway and I put my cruise control on. I'm like, yes, you know, and I open the window and I adjust the temperature and I am in it. I am trusting the road. If I get caught in traffic, if I get stuck in 20 minutes, I'm just like, sweet. That doesn't mean I don't make a phone call here and there, but I genuinely trust the fact that this is the process that I'm in. I'm in the car. How exciting. I'm just going to fall into it. So as you're listening to this, if you're someone that's going, well, I don't trust the fucking process, then that's your challenge, right? Your challenge and opportunity is to go, wow, how do I embrace this uncertainty and just surrender a little bit more, right? Because when we surrender, we are not giving up power, we're taking back power. We are taking back power. I talk about on my Instagram, you know, being the authentic power leader. And I really feel like I am. And when I look at the word surrender, I think so much of it has come from that, right? Because when we try and live in control and when we try and um we have an expectation of how something's gonna go we are handing our power over to another human being or another situation and depending on how that goes then we are validated by it but that's not surrendering that's not being true to self and that's not owning the reality and the reality is that the only thing we have control over is this very moment when I went to Vipassana, they call this anicca, 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 anicca. And that means current moment, always changing. Everything is always changing. It changes every single milliscule second. That is the one thing in life that nothing can stop. We are always changing. Everything changes every single second. So the sooner you all learn to surrender, get on board, get in flow, embrace uncertainty, fucking let go of the past regrets, let go of expectation. And I assure you, it is peaceful, calm, and so fucking yummy in here. So, so yummy.